into the contest. It is Friday, the 5th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my good mate and co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, August 5, that tells me, little birdie tells me, your birthday just around the corner. Yeah, it's coming up Monday, Timmy, 49. 49, oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, 49. But I've got a nice little weekend planned. I've got dinner tomorrow night with some good friends, Paul and Olivia Barrett, um, and Olivia's parents, Richard and Christine. Richard makes me laugh. He's a uh, an old salty sea dog, mate. He's done the city to Hobart about oh, at least ten times, probably a lot more. He'll probably pull me up on that number. But uh, every scotch he has, mate, those waves get bigger and bigger. <laughs> He's got some good yards. Sounds like a very good way to celebrate <laughs> Sydney to Hobart. Look, I think I've been offered five or six times to go on the Sydney to Hobart. It's always been the very smallest boats, like four or five. There must be one to use me as a ballast. <laughs> it's Friday. That means we'll be talking NRL with Shad Wicker. We've also got a whole stack of AFL on the way, including this big game tonight, Melbourne versus Collingwood. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney's CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Shane, look, there's still a chance at the gold medal of the Australian team, the Australian netball team, but this was a big result against Jamaica, an, an upset. Yeah, big upset for the Aussie girls. The Diamonds going down for the first time in the Commonwealth Games to Jamaica, uh, 57 to 55. And uh, yeah, a bit, of, a bit of a shock there for the girls, but they'll have to regroup. They're still not out of it, as you said, Timmy, but... Yeah, it's a, it's a harder road now to the gold medal podium. Rowan Browning, well done to him, of course. So look, I don't. Uh, he came sixth in the hundred meter sprint, and I thought that was absolutely outstanding. He was disappointed in the finish, but when you think about the competition he's up against, I think he is a sprinter on the rise. Brandon Stark, of course, uh, Mitchell Stark's brother got the silver in the high jump, and look, I don't want to downplay the swimming because they are fantastic, but we did. Just we scoop the pool. Well, one of the things that I really like about events and games like this are those stories, those human interest stories. And there's this really lovely story with Scotland runner Alish McColgan, and uh, she's upset the Kenyan. And a great family story in the ten thousand metre shame. There is her mother uh, Liz Nuttall was also a ten thousand metre winner, both in nineteen eighty six and nineteen ninety. She won her first uh, Commonwealth Games medal, gold medal. As I said, 1986 in Edinburgh, um, and to have her daughter um, emulate her feats is a is a very special moment. And Mum was on the on the side of the track to congratulate her, give her a big cuddle. So it was really really special to watch the mother daughter relationship there. It's um, the middle distance events. I find personally they'd be very very tough, but uh, very hard to compete, particularly against um, the Kenyans who are who dominate those sort of uh, events. In sad news, Australian boxing legend Johnny Famishon has passed away and uh, what, what an athlete what an amazing boxer he was and I, I still remember when he when he had that accident at Warwick Farm that when he was hit by a car and the way that he he came back afterwards but uh, 
Sad day, absolute legend. Yeah, Val Johnny, uh, dead at 77. He's born in Paris, immigrated to Australia when he was five and, and won his first world title in 1969. Look, he won 56 of 67 professional fights and was elevated to legend status in 2012 and the World Boxing Hall of Fame in 1997. So, yeah, sad day of the passing of Johnny Femishon. Now, tonight, this is a cracker. We touched on it yesterday. Melbourne versus Collingwood. Extraordinary game. Pivotal. Uh, which way are you going, Shane? Oh, I think Melbourne will get there, but but just. Um, they're calling Collingwood the cardiac kids, as we know. Uh, and Ed Langdon, the um, Melbourne um, player, has thrown fuel on the fire by saying that Collingwood are a bit of a one-trick pony. And he said they're either, um, he said, what do they say? They're all duck, no dinner. Um, so that's going to not go down well with the Collingwood boys. So it should be a cracking game. Well, I've been looking forward to this one all week. Now, Buddy Franklin, it looks like he's going to be leaving um, Sydney uh, more than likely. And Brisbane looks like the place that he'll go to. It looks like the, the family wants to get to a warmer environment. Yeah, it's it's really good brinkmanship if, it's, if he's not leaving. Um, it appears that he is. Well, Jacinta's got her family and, and grandparents still up in Queensland. She said she'd like to be closer to them. Um, and I, I think Buddy still wants to win premierships, and going to Brisbane potentially gives him a chance to have one last crack at it. Maybe he might get a two-year deal with them. Um, I think he's still got some good footy in him. It'd be a shame to see him leave the Sydney Swans. I think he's been fantastic for this club. Hasn't won a premiership here, um, but has been fantastic for the, the whole Sydney Swans community and, um, and the supporters alike. It's funny how you mention. I've got to get back to the, the duck, and it starts to make me think of uh, Peking Duck. And, uh, yeah, Lisa Tuna Court. Yeah, Lisa Tuna Court. Court and the Flower Drum. The Flower Drum, of course, that restaurant in Melbourne is so famous for its service. Like, the waiter almost grabs your serviette before it hits the floor when you drop it. <laughs> all right, coming up next on Afternoon Sport, it's all the rugby league with Brisbane comedian Shadwicker. Friday, that means it is Shad Wicker, Brisbane comedian time. We love chatting with Shad. How are you, buddy? Not too bad, boys. Obviously, it's a little bit of a sad case here in Brisbane uh, with the Broncos falling apart last night to the Roosters. Didn't look good. Not going to lie. No. Did not look good. 34 to 16, the Roosters winning and... um... They dominated the first half, that's that's for sure. 18 nil they were at half time and and the Broncos, that's two losses in a row. I, I was wondering when this run was gonna come to an end and uh it's come to an abrupt halt. Yeah, I mean it's not great to leak thirty plus points to the Tigers and then to the Roosters in back to back weeks. I mean the missed tackles are crazy. And by people that don't usually miss that many. Like Adam Reynolds is a pretty good tackler. He had like seven or nine missed tackles last night, which was Pretty grim to watch. Um, look, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's panic stations just yet, but, geez, they need a win next week. It's against the Knights. You think they'll get it. <laughs> yeah. they, well, they they, they, uh, they ran at him, didn't they? They targeted him. Angus Crichton uh, had an extraordinary game, as did Victor Radley, Victor the Inflictor. Uh, they were very quick. That line speed that is so synonymous with the re- Roosters in defence, and they're all over Brisbane like a cheap suit. Now, uh, you're in there doing work every week with Brisbane, Chad. When they were flying high, 
Uh, we gave you credit for that. Now, are you taking credit for this dip as the bubble burst? Oh, look, mate, I'll have to get around the boys, uh, have a bit of a chat, you know what I mean, get in that huddle. Um, no, look, I think they they really miss Paddy Carrigan um, with all those tackles he backs around the ruck every week. That's a big mm. one. That's a big one they miss. But the Roosters are, the, yeah, we said there was going to be two Smokies potentially in this finals race that's coming up. And we thought it was going to be either Manly or the Roosters. Obviously, Manly did their little, you know, shit the bed the other week. But mm. the Roosters are a team you cannot. It's weird to reference them as, oh, these guys could be a smoky when it's the, it's the Roosters. Like, you know what I mean? They're a really good side. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Manly shit the bed. That's one bed I wouldn't sleep in over the course of the season. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff in there, I reckon. <laughs> well, there's more than there's more than just skeletons in their closet. I think it's just about time something came out. But anyway, that, that does lead on to this game tonight, this Manly Para game, because it's pivotal, isn't it? Particularly for Manly, Parramatta, uh, big win last week. Mitchell Moses out. Uh, controversially, we're seeing Brad Arthur's son come in to to fill that post. Doesn't look like it's going to mm. be as long as we first thought. The finger operation went well. I think he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But this is a huge game for Manly. Is that on the field or in his personal life? And no, I was talking about um, Arthur, not uh, Hopawati, but the, the <laughs> we are talking about Manly. But look, this is a huge game for Manly, isn't it? If they're going to have any chance of, of, of sort of slipping into the finals. Yeah, well, you look at how the eight's shaping up at the moment. I mean, it's very important. They're on 20 points sitting in 10th. The Rabbitohs are too clear of the Raiders sitting in at 8th and the Eels are on a little bit of a free fall themselves since uh, trying to knock on the door of the top four. So, I mean, it's it's I tell you what, it's you never want to see players get injured and, and fall out of the out of the conference stuff. But Cleary and Luai being out, then Moses having a stint out mm. has really made this back end of the year quite exciting. <laughs> like, Definitely has. Mate. Everything feels a little bit more open for teams to get a win this weekend that could be really mm. important. Well, tell you who's on a roll: the West Tigers. They take on the Knights, mate. There's a big chance they could have two in a row here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more than a big chance, mate. The Knights have got all sorts of trouble at home. Isn't it, wasn't it crazy this year, right, where we've had, like, who was who is the biggest basket case in rugby league? And it was like, oh, man, it's the West Tigers. They're awful. Mm. And we're like, oh, God, the Bulldogs, they are absolutely ruining it. Yeah. And we're like, oh, no, the Warriors, how about are they? And now the Knights are going, hey, guys, hold my beer. <laughs> Hang on a second. We can still also be the worst team in the comp. Don't mention the, don't mention the Dragons either. We take on the Sharks. We're in big trouble there as well. Yeah, that's the local Derby. Well, they, they yep. definitely have to try and uh, upset the apple cart there, don't they, and, and beat the Sharks. It's hard to see that they will, but um, after last week's performance. How do you feel about the Clemmer situation with the Knights? The story today that he's probably going to be back in training now. What's going on in Newcastle? You know what I mean? This is like there's two – you know how we had the bets at the beginning of the season where mm-hmm. I said, hey, two coaches are going to lose their job by round 22, which I easily won. Um, <laughs> but I should have bumped that up to yeah. uh, five by the end of the year because we've got, you know, Bulldogs change, yep. uh, West Tigers change, Warriors change, Titans and the Knights are going to change. Yeah, you're right. Like at the end of this year. There is no way those two coaches are going to be there at the end of the year. Can someone get the Walker brothers on the phone? Give them the job. It's not a really, it's I'll not a really reliable career, is it? Being a coach. Oh God, no! I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it at all. Jesus. <laughs> grand final, grand final. Let's talk grand mm. final. How do the people of Brisbane, the rugby league fans who got a grand final last year, feel about all the the rhetoric and the talk about a possible grand final 
in Brisbane. Oh, mate, we know that this is the best place to play any game of rugby league. So, I mean, if you want to send it to where it's going to be at its best, then send it back up to Brisbane. At least this time we might have a chance of being in it. But uh, I think, uh, look, we all know that this is all just smoke and mirrors, isn't it? The grand final's not going to leave New South Wales over a little bit of dispute over stadiums, you know? I also think it's a bit richer for Landys to be like, we should get this money for these suburban grounds, blah, blah, blah. When it's like, mate, the NRL has ignored suburban grounds for like three decades. You know what I mean? If you want more funding for Leichhardt and stuff, play more games at Leichhardt. Mm. Like, yeah. It's like instead of making these teams play at ANZ and stuff and put 400 people in a 90,000 stadium, you know? Like, I find that so rich, this big complaint that they've got, uh, especially when the, the, the best excuse back from the government down there was, well, I think the money would probably be better spent in flood relief. You're like, oh, that. Oh, you got no leg to stand on now, do you? <laughs> you never. Yeah, well, you're never going to win that argument, are you? No, exactly. Because uh, the place has been absolutely decimated, 100%. and not just New South Wales, but southern parts of Queensland. Uh, and look, you look even on the outskirts of Sydney. I've got a mate who lives at Pitt Town. They've been flooded three times. It's, yeah. it's yeah. And when they're, they're you know without getting into politics, we've got a 182 billion dollar debt. It's difficult to think that toilets at Leichhardt are going to exactly uh, going to get the nod. And the NRL's making money. You just bought a restaurant. <laughs> but I can see why I can you know like he's he's I can see what Peter Valand is doing. He's sticking up for for what interests the NRL. So like you want people uh, in your corner, don't you? You want people spruiking. Uh, the best or, yeah. you know, the, the best for the game. But uh, what about Carrigan? Um, did you think he deserved as long as he got for that uh, hip drop? Oh, yeah, I think so. But like, I, I think it's fair enough. I, I wouldn't have thought any more. The, the hip drop thing kind of annoys me. Like, obviously, it's a tackle that we don't want. I found it so hilarious when you had, you know, our all of our favourite talking head in rugby league, Paul Kent, um, kicking up going, they've got a banner. They've got a ban it. I was like, it is banned, dude. That's why people go to the judiciary and get charged for it, you idiot. (laughs) But when they say they want to remove this style, like I think Andrew Johns had a suggestion where he's like, you shouldn't be allowed to have a third man in the tackle. But I'm like, you know, it's hard at the moment, and I've said this on this podcast to you guys before, if you want to stop this like, you know, there's a third man coming in and all these different techniques and play the ball in the tackles, which are all aimed at slowing down, players and putting them on their back so you can get your defensive line set. This is the NRL's rule changes that have made this happen. Yeah. Because there's six again. There's seven tackles set. There's, you know what I mean? Like everything favours the offence. The, the natural thing that's going to happen is they're going to try and figure out different ways to bring these guys down. Now, I don't think the tackle's good. It's it's awful. But if you're going mm. to try and modify now, you know, third guy can't come in at this point and whatever, then you need to stop doing these repeat sets and these seven tackle sets because how are you going to stop a Payne Haas, a Talakai? Yeah, true. Like at 20 metres out, if you can't get three guys into a tackle, they're just going to waltz over every single time. Like there's, they've, they've got to change a couple of the fundamental rules in rugby league to help the defence, which has just been butchered, I think, for so long. That's the reason wrestling coaches are in clubs. Yeah. We need to figure out other ways to slow down the play of the ball because every single year the NRL goes, we're going to add this extra rule now that gives the offense another yeah, advantage. I think, I think Joey Jones is generally on the money with a lot of stuff that he says. That's not one of the not one of his best suggestions. He obviously hasn't tackled yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> where, 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 you, where are you gigging this weekend, uh, Mate, I'm all around Brisbane, but I actually have a solo show uh, September 9th in Brizzy, and I'm also going to be down in Sydney at the Comedy Store uh, 
August 30 through to, I think, the 3rd. So you can check it all out on my Instagram. Have a nice weekend. We'll do it all again next week. See you, lads. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you goes out to our guests today, Shad Wicker. Also, our wonderful sponsors, Shana. Yeah, fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. As I said, if you're ever looking for a racehorse and you want some good information and knowledge around before buying it, speak to the boys at the Osher Group. Yeah, all the great racing back soon, all the spring racing. Mm. And, of course, a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back next week with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Join us for our Afternoon Sport Racing Bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.